Hey, you know what? Some of you are still not signed up for the Pop Culture Leftovers Patreon. I get it. Money is tight. Gas prices are through the roof. Every Food has gone up. Buying a fucking carton of eggs right now is almost like, like you need to trade a brick of gold. It's like you need to break into Fort Knox to buy fucking eggs. It's ridiculous. I totally understand. But, I mean, you can't really put a price on entertainment. Unless you're Netflix, in which case you'll put a price on it and then continue to raise it over the course of the next decade. But anyway, Pop Culture Leftovers, we do have a Patreon. And in the Patreon episodes, it's kind of different. A lot of the episodes revolve around things that we don't talk about typically on the show. And one of the things that I love doing for Patreon the most is our top 20 episodes. And basically what we'll do is we'll have like a top 20 of whatever, you know, thing we're talking about. And the first top 20 that we did was our top 20 childhood toys. And these are like toys. These may not be like our favorite toy, like our favorite toys of all time. You know, like even in adulthood, we get video games or whatever. But like these are from our childhood, like the toys that we remember. And we talk about those top 20 toys. And now we're doing a top 20 song of the 90s, which necessarily like these aren't our favorite songs of the 90s. Some of them are. But on the flip side, it's like these songs trigger a certain memory in us. And we're talking about them uh, through each episode. And I've had a lot of fun with these. And I mean, I haven't released a single Patreon episode on the feed because I wanted people to try it out for themselves. But I am going to give you a little bit of, uh, of an ep- Actually, I'm going to give you an entire episode. I'm going to give you an entire episode of a top 20. And this is from our toys series. And uh, I hope this might give you some incentive to maybe think about joining our Patreon. If not, seriously, we just seriously, I really do just appreciate the support of people listening and the nice comments and things like that from a lot of the listeners. But uh, I did want to give you this one episode to kind of give you an idea of, you know, the different things that we're trying to do on Patreon. And I'm always looking for new things to kind of incorporate on Patreon. But we do come out with two episodes a month. You can donate as little as a dollar. That won't get you access to episodes. If you want access to episodes, though, it's $6 a month and you get two episodes. And I even put out, like, uh, messages every once in a while on the Patreon website uh, to our Patreon patrons that we sometimes have roundtables in which I have, you know, different people, different Patreons come on like a, a Patreon episode with me and we just shoot the shit and talk. And it's a lot of fun. And actually, I'm recording one tonight, as a matter of fact. But for now, go ahead and listen to this episode of me talking with Paul Hart from Apple to Oranges and Dan Ramirez from Heroes of Noise about a couple of our favorite Toys from our childhoods. All right, guys, enjoy. There's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushover. Pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.
Hey, welcome back to another Toys episode. We're going to be covering this week Toys 9 through 11. Or, or is it 11 through 9? I don't even know. How do you, how, what order are we going in? I don't know. Like we're going descending, right? This, so so it should be 11 to 9. 11 to 9. That's why when I first said it, it sounded fucked up. I was like, that's your party, man. You do whatever you want. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do 10. Then I'm going to do 9. Then we're going to do 10 again. And then we're going to do 11. There you go. Let's have an adventure. Let's have an adventure. Yeah. All right. And then we're all going to try anal. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Dan and Paul. Sign me up. I mean, I came here for the anal. I came. <laughs> I came. I came. I came. I came from the anal. I love this. It's like, well, let's talk about anal sex and then toys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, they go hand in hand sometimes. I mean, literally. Yeah. Uh, Especially. <laughs> so yeah, it's time for another top twenty. Top 20 list. It's a pop culture leftover top 20 list. You might not agree with all of our picks. So stop, get sad, don't slitch your wrist. Just keep yourself composed and don't be a dick. Top 20. Ah, the soothe sounds. The soothing sounds. Sounds so good. Does. I always love that bumper. It always goes down smooth. Goes down smooth. We're talking about anal again, everybody. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. <laughs> anyway, Paul, since we are going in descending order, that yeah. I'm talking about anal again. Um, now let's talk about. <laughs> okay, no more <laughs> anal jokes. Jesus Christ, this is becoming the uh, that's what she said of anal jokes. I'm telling you, uh, I'm attacked. I well, yeah, you should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> You should literally just, I want you and Steve on Heroes of Noise to have timestamps for those jokes on your episodes just for me so I can fucking fast forward 45 fucking seconds. <laughs> I'll get right on it. I, I would appreciate that. my priority this week. Honestly, I think I've become numb to it. I've just, at this point, it's just like, okay, all right. If I'm being real, I fucking hate them, but it's just that they, they just keep coming nonstop, so it's like... There we go. Coming nonstop, boy. I know. Yeah, back to the end. No, they just, they just keep, I just, I just had, to, it's one of those things, if you can't beat them, join them. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I know, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Paul, <laughs> let's talk about our, let's talk about our toys now. What's your, what's number 11 for you, dude? Yeah, man. Number 11 for me is, uh, the Mighty Max Escapes from Skull Dungeon. Um, <laughs> what? I remember, man, like, cause Polly Pocket was a huge thing, so. I think the people that made it were like, hey, now we need to capitalize on this same idea, but for boys. So we got Mighty Max, and it was like those little handheld compact toys. You open up, there was like minifigures, and the thing opened up into like a little set that you could play with. And this one was really cool because it was shaped like a skull. Um, And it was kind of like, uh, like the whole setting was kind of like uh, the Dr. Frankenstein lair. But I believe there, I believe the names of the characters were like they looked just like Doctor Frankenstein and the monster. But I think they were called like Doctor Gore and the Smasher, and it had like trap doors and it was just a lot of fun. Like you could take it in the car with you. Like we always drove to Minnesota in the summer, so it was fun just to have all these Mighty Max things because they weren't huge. I could play with them for like an hour, mm-hmm. get a new one. It was just a ton of fun. So, But that one was my favorite just because, you know, it looked like a skull. 
and you could create your own little storylines and then a TV show came out, but those toys were pretty cool for being like a spin-off of uh Polly Pocket. We couldn't afford this when I was a kid. So what I did is I actually took there was a cat skull in uh and there was a cement factory, abandoned cement factory, I found a cat skull and I would <laughs> I, I severed oh, that open. <laughs> And then I would, I would make little figures out of like twigs and, and leaves and stuff like that. And they would have adventures <laughs> within a serial killer shit. <laughs> I was going to say the movie Silence of the Lambs is based on. Then I would trap, I would trap five year olds in the, in the safe and just play with them in my own whim. This, well, this, yeah, that is definitely the beginnings of a serial killer if you're fucking doing that kind of shit. No, I'm looking at this toy and, uh, uh, Mighty Max is he the little character with the with the red hat? Yeah, you know, the backwards hat. He was he was cool. He didn't play by society's rules. He I wore know. His hat backwards. He wore his hat backwards. He tucked his shirt in. It's got a big M on it for Mighty Max <laughs> himself. He is just oh my god. This kid this kid got bullied a lot, Paul. Let's not <laughs> let's, let's not lie to ourselves. Okay, <laughs> that's why he hung out in a fucking skull. Okay. Yeah, that's why he was fighting <laughs> old men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. I like how you were like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, where you were like, you were saying you were going on vacation and shit, and in the car and stuff, you'd play with this. Yeah, like uh, we have family in Minnesota, so we yeah. always drive up like two or three times a summer, and it'd be like a seven-hour drive. And, yeah, man. Like, and the thing is, like, these were. I remember my dad being cool because these were fairly cheap toys that you could just, you know, because they were so small, you could get them and play with them. But yeah, like, you sit in the back of the van. Yeah, you know, you know it's not like I'm bringing the whole case of Ninja Turtle toys. Yeah, it's well, it's not like it's like, right, Dad, I'm gonna bring Skull Mountain, and you got fucking <laughs> the He-Man <laughs> Skull Mountain set up back there. <laughs> Unfortunately, you had to strap one of your siblings on the top of the car because there's not enough room because you got your fucking small mountain in the yeah. So, but uh, yeah, this is pretty cool, man. I would have I would have seen myself playing with one of these, especially like on those uh, on those trips. That makes sense. I think uh, for me, then it, it yeah, turned in yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh no, go ahead. I was just saying the McDonald's actually made smaller versions of these things. Oh yeah. That, that you could get. Were they fucking so, like nuggets that you opened up and shit? Yeah, pretty much. It was pretty, <laughs> pretty much where you repurposed those, uh, those McDonald's, uh, Transformers or whatever. Transformer ones. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> those gotta be like the worst, uh, Transformers. Like they, they have to be really frowned upon in the Transformers universe. You know, like the they made my list last week or last I, episode. I understand, but I'm saying, like, if you're Optimus Prime and you've been captured by Megatron, if you were to get rescued by the by the Big Mac Transformer, <laughs> like, you're not. It comes and gets you. Yeah, you're not going to hear the end of it, man. Like, oh fuck, dude, you were rescued by a medium fry. <laughs> it's like yeah. you want to you want to talk about Justin Thoreau being like emasculated. <laughs> about Optimus Prime being emasculated in front of all of his peers by being rescued by a Happy Meal. Our listeners have no idea what you're talking about right now because that I, was off-the-air shit. <laughs> i got to keep the intrigue. I'm sorry. I thought that was on the episode. It's not on the episode. Fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been there. It was great. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, let's see. <laughs> Fuck. <I'm-> <laughs> <laughs> is he? What? What is uh, Mighty Max holding? Is that a? Uh, is that a lamp? Yeah, I think he had like a little lantern. Why a lantern? What is, what is he? Yeah, this is nice. Skull Dungeon Man. What, yeah, I know. Is this nineteen forty? Flashlight, dude. Somebody get this. <laughs> somebody get this fucking kid a flashlight. <laughs> I also in the 1800s. Yeah. Oh man, and like, there's actually like a kind of a dead guy in Skull Dungeon. Like you can tell this guy was being tortured. The skeleton is still like shackled. I see that. Yeah, I see it's that. Pretty intense for a six year old toy. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm looking. Hold on, I'm looking at a picture, and it's from Leftover Culture Review. That they're totally biting off of us. Pieces of shit. Leftover culturereview.com you motherfuckers you're gonna be hearing from my lawyers <laughs> you motherfuckers you're gonna get a cease and desist how about you play with that toy fucker a cease and desist letter can you play with that you're gonna have fun with that you little fucking you fucking thieves you oh. <laughs> <laughs> here's a new oh, toy. here's a new toy for you to review it's a cease and desist letter fuckheads <laughs> Yeah, from my lawyer's leftover culture review. That's fucked up, man. Dan, what do you got? What do you got for your 11? I mean, after Mighty Max, I don't think I'm going to be coming out swinging, but this is what I have. And it's more of a, uh, like, I kind of focused this time around on the ages of, like, five to eight or nine. So this one, <clears throat> starting off with, isn't it really, I guess it's a toy. It's, it's, it's the most boring fucking toy ever, but I loved this thing. And what it was was uh, 1977. I went to the Superman the movie movie premiere and they were handing out these it is a kryptonite rock is exactly what it is it's i got knew this, that's uh, what you were gonna say superman on it you know and like it, like i guess it's krypton exploding but it is literally a rock or two or three depending on the size of them painted green glow in the dark it's kryptonite that's it i cherished the shit out of this thing just because i you know you you hand that to a kid then he goes to see the superman movie for the first time and i was like hooked so wasn't really anything I like played with so much, but it was something I always had displayed in my room, and it was mm-hmm. probably one of the most boring toy, if you will, that I ever owned. But I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. It came with like a uh, an instruction manual, like you know, just put it under a light and then turn the light off because that's how it works. But that was kind of like my introduction to like glow in the dark stuff and toys that are glow in the dark, and kind of just branched off of that. But yeah, boring old kryptonite rock. I don't know if you guys ever saw those or anything like that, but they were like a promotional thing that. Um, Started with the movie, and then it became something they they sold in the stores. And it was created by that guy uh, in 1975. I don't know his name, but it was like the worst. Probably it's just a little bit worse than this toy, which was the pet rock, which was literally a rock in a nest that was in a box that had holes in it as if it was breathing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That obviously flopped. And then uh, they tried to pick up the business again with this, and it, it lasted for a couple of years, and that's it. But I loved it, and I really wish I still had it. I was just looking for uh, – Seeing if I could buy one, and I found one on eBay. It's like seventy-seven dollars. I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't miss it that much. Yeah, I re- no, I I never remember seeing these, but um, like out on the shelves. But I've seen them at comic book shops, and there's an episode of Comic Book Men where they talk about uh. it. Somebody brought one in, and uh, I think there, yeah, like I remember the connection to my pet rock. I thought my pet rock was like a big deal. I thought people were buying those. Apparently, they weren't. I think it was like a flash in the pan. There was yeah. in the seventies they were doing these I don't know if they just were out of ideas or, or what, but 
And in my neck of the woods, there's this guy that got pretty uh, popular for a while, and then he disappeared too. But he was making something called Stony Maloney's, which were just like painted rocks, and they could, you know, themed with whatever. You want a Darth Vader rock? There it is. Something like that. So I think rocks were kind of like a, a chic for a while, and then it just sort of, like, you know, rocks don't sell that much. There's rocks everywhere, so people just stop making them. That's my take on it. I mean, they, I, I don't see how you can sustain a successful business selling painted rocks, but, you know. Two years max, I think. Why you gotta make fun of my fucking side bit business? <laughs> Sorry, man, did I fuck up your side hustle? Yeah, it's like my fucking. That's my. That's my entire Etsy store. You just fucking trash. I just burst your rock bubble. I'm sorry, right? Yeah, and that's the name of my fucking. It's the name of my store. It's Rock Bubble. Fuck you, Dan. I'm sorry. There's always acting, though, man. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's not say we did. <laughs> you know, um, th- there's something really fucked up about this toy. For as cool as it is, like when you're a kid getting a kryptonite rock, you know, it's like it's like you know, it's got Superman on the box, and it's like this is for as fucked up as that. It's fucked up though. It's like. They're selling the one thing. If you're a Superman fan, they're selling the one thing that can kill your the hero. The one thing that kills him, I know. Yeah, it's like now you own the one thing that you know. It's like if if Superman were to visit you, like 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 you know, like fucking uh, Santa Claus on Christmas, you would own the one thing that could kill him. Totally, but you know, I. I- Felt that I had to keep it safe for Superman 1 and 2, but then Superman 3 came around. I'm like, you know what? I might need to use this motherfucker one day. That's true. He did kind of flip out in that one. He got drunk. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only thing I have in common with Superman, Paul. (laughs) 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 That's where the similarities die. That's like, that's it. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, the old kryptonite rock, man. Yeah, there's not much to it, I know, but it was something that I really, really loved. I mean, oh, I, I had bet. a little display for it, and, you know, you turn the lights off when you're going to bed, there's the kryptonite. And it gl- did it glow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it glowed. For a while, it was really bright, but, you know, that stuff is just paint, so it wears off, and suddenly you're just left with the rock. <laughs> it was pretty sad. <laughs> like my childhood. Oh, wow. All right, here we go. Here's my... <laughs> Here's my number 11. You guys might remember this sound. And if that doesn't ring any fucking bells, you're a moron, but I'll play a little bit more. Sega! Sega Genesis. Yes, sir. Sega fucking Genesis, man. It was, uh... You know, I want, I'd had, uh, a Nintendo Entertainment System and I was wanting to jump into the 16-bit world. I couldn't wait for the Super Nintendo and I wanted, I wanted a system so bad and I got the Sega Genesis. I remember playing, you know, some of the games at the arcade. You had Altered Beast and stuff like that. You play that game now, it's fucking terrible. (laughs) But man, Sega Genesis, when they came out with Sonic the Hedgehog and Streets of Rage, I was just like, I was so into that system. And, uh, I even went to the, I even got to the point where I did get the Sega CD and that's how I would play, um, Mortal Kombat. And I loved Mortal Kombat on the Sega CD. You didn't have to put in a blood code. You just had blood right out of the fucking gate. And, uh, I love my Sega Genesis and Sega CD. And I still think Sonic CD is my favorite Sonic game to this day. Did either of you own a Sega Genesis? No. I, I did not, but my buddy had one, and I was always at his house, which is pretty much why I didn't own one. You know what I mean? I yeah. Just his house and play. So yeah. I don't have like 
the, the, the true familiarity with it. But as soon as that song came on, I'm like, okay, that's nostalgia. I remember that now. Oh, God. But I, yeah. I, yeah, it was a great system. I just, it was just one of those things I just didn't really have time to play at the time. So I would just go hang out at my friend's house and play it. Oh, back in the day, see, I don't play video games anymore. And when I do, it's, you know, it's very rare. Um, and if I do play games now, it's like I'm playing the older games from my childhood. I recently bought, mm. they had on, um, clearance, they had, one of those arcade one-ups and I don't, I never had one. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's on clearance. It's at a great price. It's got the cabinet has beautiful artwork. Um, it's basically knocking out three different things that I love all in one cabinet. I got the, um, street fighter versus X-Men arcade mm. one up. And, 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 and I know I, I'm not even talking about the Genesis right now. I'm moving on to something else. That's, that's what happens on when we do these, but man, it is so cool. It's got, uh, Marvel versus Capcom and it's got Marvel versus street fighter. And it's got a couple other games that you can play on there. It's a stand up unit and it's got like all the beautiful artwork on the side and shit. It's got the light up marquee in the front. So you get to see like M. Bison and all the Marvel and Street Fighter characters on there. It's so fucking cool. And, uh, I'll go in my, I'll go in my room, that room and I'll play that system, uh, that uh, arcade one up, you know, a couple times a day and shit, you know, just to get away and get my head clear and shit. It's a lot of fun, dude. If you guys don't have one of those, if you see one on clearance or something of a game that you remember that you love, it's a nice thing to have like in your man cave or something. So yeah, I've oh, seen man, those, but are they? I'm go sorry. ahead, Paul. Sorry. No, no, go for it. I was say, that's why I love the Nintendo Switch, because, like, for, like, fucking two ninety nine a month, you can get, it's called Super Nintendo Online or Nintendo Online. They give you almost their entire library of games. Oh, wow. That you can just log on and play. And they don't have the Sega ones, but, like, in the actual store, you can buy, like, the whole, like, Sonic collection for, like, $10. Oh, that's awesome. Those Sonic games are so much fun. They're still fun. They're great. Yeah. What were you saying, Dan? I was just going to ask, are those one up? I've seen them before, but I've never actually seen one in person. Are they like a full-size unit or is it like a, you know what I mean, like a smaller version? You put, it's it's a little bit smaller. It, they they you put them on a riser and so, you know, they're maybe just a little bit shorter than you. Um but um they look like the actual arcade version. It's just they don't weigh as much. I mean, to actually own like a four player Ninja Turtle from the arcade system is, I mean, I can't imagine even trying to get that into my house. But on the flip side, if you bought like the four player arcade one up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles, is it Turtles in Time? Yes, I want that one so bad. Yeah, it's amazing. If you buy that thing, it comes in a box, you unbox it, and you can have this thing, you can set it up uh, within an hour and a half. That's pretty Jesus. cool. Yeah, 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 it's very cool. Um, and I'm, for me, it was, it was about, yeah, I know I can buy these games, you know, like, I can download these games and play these games somewhere else. I, I just, I really wanted the cabinet, and I wanted the artwork, and I wanted that, you know... I just wanted that. I want. <laughs> I, I just. I think it's really a, a kind of a cool piece of like you know my childhood. Absolutely. That I can. For sure. Yeah. So and I get to go in there in the room and look at it and it's awesome and I get to play it whenever I want. They also got like an online thing where you can connect it to your Wi-Fi and um, you can get online and you can fight against other people all over the world 
and um you know then you can try to you know get placement get placed higher in 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 the rankings and shit like that it's it's pretty cool man so i dig it but man my sega genesis i love that system so much oh my god i love that system so much sega cd had some shitty games on it though they had this thing where they had the games with the live video and you would just kind of like uh re like push a up button down button or something like that and and uh it was like live video so they had actors doing things and they had a game called sewer shark where you saw clips of people you know talking about i don't know i don't know i don't know why they were in a sewer shooting rats and shit it was dumb now that i think about it but uh and then there's another game um with i think with zombies there was uh a bunch of these live action games which they uh, they fucking kind of sucked <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool at the time because it was like you didn't have that in, in the other systems where it had like live video and shit. But they could only fit so much of the video on the screen. So like it was like this really tiny screen within your screen. It was super weird now that I'm thinking about it. The old Sega CD. That part sounds kind of janky a little bit. Like, it, did it look good at least? Hey, it was all right, man. It was all right. I, I, <laughs> I, the Sega CD was more for me. It was more I wanted like the best graphics I could get out of like Mortal Kombat. And I wanted Sega CD. There were some exclusive games that you could get. I never did get into the 32X though. Once they did the 32X add-on, I was like, I'm out. This is getting ridiculous because like when you stacked the 32X on top of the Sega and the Sega CD, it just looked like this. It's like you're creating Voltron in your home. It's fucking, it was ridiculous looking. It was like this ridiculous looking tower of like, and they were just trying to keep the system relevant. And it was just like, you know what? I'll just wait for the 32-bit systems to come out instead of doing this, uh, adding on to my Sega. So um, man, the Saturn was a great fucking system too. They just didn't, I think the Saturn was a fantastic system. I completely forgot about that one. Oh, I love the Saturn. They just didn't have the games for it. And then it just, that's, that was like the end of Sega after the Saturn. Oh man. Dreamcast was the one <clears throat> I loved. You're right. It was the Dreamcast. I'm sorry. Not Saturn. It was the Saturn was a piece of garbage. Thank you. Dreamcast was the fucking death death done dirty. Yes, thank you. Not Saturn. Saturn was trash. The fucking Dreamcast was amazing. I had one friend that had the Dreamcast. And we would go over and we'd play that boxing game and we'd have like boxing tournaments and shit. And it was so much fun. Um, I remember Dreamcast was trying to like really incorporate the arcades where cabinets were putting in a slot. For, like, your Dreamcast memory card. That does so kind of ring a bell. Yeah. Yeah, so you can, like, save your progress and then go to the arcade and pretty much pick up exactly where you left off. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Did you guys have a friend that had a Neo Geo? No. No, I can't say I did. I, I knew What's one- a Neo Geo? Oh, you don't remember? I feel like there's just like this like era of video games where I'm very unfamiliar with this, but the Neo Geo, I don't even think I've heard of that one. Yeah, there's a company SNK that had their own system, the Neo Geo, and, and we're talking about we're talking about like 1990, 1991. This was a $600 system back Jeez. in 1990, 1991. It had arcade graphics, and the cartridges were like the size of a toaster, and they were huge cartridges. It wasn't a CD-based system. It was a cartridge-based system. And I think, like, each cartridge, if you wanted to buy a Neo Geo game, I think it, 
the least you're spending 90 bucks. And we're talking, we're talking 1990, $600. That's insane, man. I mean, like that's more than a PS five now. Oh yeah, I know. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You can buy, like you can play the Neo Geo games now. They make, I think they've even made an arcade one up Neo Geo. It's, I don't think it's made by arcade one up, but it's the same kind of concept, but they had Neo Geo machines out at the, they had Neo Geo arcade cabinets in the arcades. But then if you wanted to, you could buy these systems at home and play them at home. But my God, yeah, they had King of Fighters was one. They had a, a monster game where you're like big kaiju monsters and you're fighting each other and, and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other games. I think they had a game called Super 8 Man, which was, I think, based on a Jap- Japanese anime. Um, I'm trying to think what other games. I don't know if they had, like, any huge hits other than their fighter games. And I think at one time SNK did a crossover with, like, Tekken or something. It was, like, SNK versus... I don't know. If, I don't think it was Capcom or Street Fighter, but uh, yeah, those Neo Geo systems. Yeah, did you ever? Uh, you, oh shit, we did. We talked about TurboGrafx sixteen. You were aware of that one? Turn I'm just in. curious about something. I mean, I, I imagine life is just the answer to it, but uh-huh. you seem to be very, very nostalgic about video games. Mm-hmm. You're very fond. You have lots of fond memories about that, and I've heard you, not, yeah. you know, talk about it not only on this this particular podcast, but like your the regular feed as well. And I'm curious. Was it just life that got you away from video games? For me, that's exactly what it was. It's life and video games just changed. You know, like I, the last video game that I, series that I really got into was the Halo series. And I stopped after Halo 3. And I just, video games just changed for me when it, I was like a huge side scroller fan and everything kind of like went to like this open world 3d stuff, which I thought was really cool at the time. And I think like if I were to play those games as a kid, that would have been like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Blah, blah, blah. But as I got older, I just get more nostalgic for like the side scrollers. And I know that that sounds crazy to like, you know, modern day gamers, but I, I, but for me, I just look fondly back on those days. And those are the games that I want to go back and play you know, as the games from my childhood and the side scrollers and stuff. I recently went to Limited Run and they came out with like an 8 bit or 16 bit game and it's uh, a Jay and Silent Bob game that they made. Oh, I've seen that. That looks really cool. Yeah. So I bought that for my PS4. And so when they ship that, I'm going to be, I'm going to be playing that at home because it's like, it looks like a 16 bit game. And, uh, it's, it's Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes and I love those guys. So yeah, I'll have a lot of fun with that. But as far as like the newer games coming out, man, I just can't, I don't have the time to put into them, Dan. I feel you. I, you know, honestly, I really like first person shooter games, but the thing is, is I really suck at them. And when, you know, you start, (laughs) when you get completely like annihilated by some eight year old in the Philippines, like over and over and over again, I just, I had to like, just give it up. I'm like, this isn't for me. I, I would stick with like the campaign mode. And then after that, I think it was just a matter of knowing that I just wasn't that good at it. I mean, obviously you can get better, but I just didn't really have the time to. And uh, yeah. that's my excuse. I, I still love video games and I love watching people play video games. It's just uh, it's a lot of dedication yeah. that you got to put into these things. Man. For some people, it comes so easily, you know, and they can just blast through these things. But for someone that's removed like yourself, I just I just don't think I have enough time to really sit down and apply myself. And it's like, how many games am I going to buy before I just go? Oh, I haven't finished any of these. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Brian, I agree with you 
so much. Like I got into the Batman games just because they're written by like everyone that did the animated series, so it feels like a continuation. But it's just like I I like my video games to look like video games. Yeah, like, from the old day, man. I want I like I want the clunky bit graphic. I want the fun music. Like nowadays, like you're playing these games and it looks like you're actually playing a movie. I know, like it's so realistic, which is cool. But just want to go back to why I loved them and that I just want them to look like an old school video game. We're getting so close to like what we're seeing in Ready Player One. It's scary. There is oh a company, and I don't know if I have it saved on my phone. I did at one time. There's a company that is making a. It's like it's a VR system, kind of like an Oculus. Um, but the whole thing is it is a platform that you can stand on. It's got a moving platform so you can walk in any direction. You've got a headset on and then there's basically kind of like an arm that's connected to the platform that comes down and has a jacket on it. So you put like this jacket, like this vest on. And then you put the VR headset on and then you're basically in that world and you can run and move just like you would move if you were outside because That's this crazy. platform is moving with you. It's kind of like, you know, any, any direction that you move, you can walk on it. You're, you're physically walking as you're playing these games. So like when somebody's shooting at you, you have to run, you know, and then you've got this, then you, then you're going around shooting people and shit like that. And I'm just like, this is getting nuts. This is getting nuts with where, how far we're coming with these video games. Like, I remember like when VR was like a first, like a thing. I don't even think that they, they knew VR was a thing, but they didn't, they didn't have the technology back in the early nineties to really pull it off. I think that Nintendo system tried to do it. That, that game, was it like a, like a Nintendo VR system that they came out it was with called Virtual Boy. Now you'll be getting to that in a couple in a couple episodes. There you go. The virtual. You know what? We'll save that then. Let's save that then because that's when we'll open up this conversation. Okay. But man, I think like you know the movie The Lawnmower Man came out in like '92 or something, and then everybody was just like, "Oh God, virtual virtual reality is like the next big thing," and then nothing came of it. Because I don't think they had the technology to do it back then. Now we're getting to the point where we can do this fucking shit. So I haven't. We, we got an we got an Oculus too for Christmas. Uh, how is it? I've never I've never used one of these things. You know they're cool. It's just uh, it's one of those things where it's like okay I think I don't know I don't think the games have actually reached the point where it's ex as exciting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh the games that I bought. I don't even remember. It's been so long since I played it. But the one that I had to have since I was getting this thing was the Vader Immortal. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Is that's that the one? I mean, is that, that the that one where very, you're very cool? You're using a lightsaber, correct? Yeah, you're doing. You're, but it's really cool because, like, you know how you're saying, like, you got to climb up and stuff like that, or uh, you have to move around like that that stationary thing that you were just talking about. Um, the thing that kind of bothers me about it is that you really, like, you it gives you like this little blue or purple line laser if you will you know it's it's vr of course but it, you can like actually map out your area so you're not knocking shit over and stuff like that but it seems to me like that would be a much better you have much better use of it if you had like a large room that you could dedicate to it yeah you know what i'm saying yeah because in my case it's in my living room you know what i mean and i'm trying not to step on my dog or whatever but um but it's fun it's it's cool i just don't think that the uh, technology or maybe the uh, 
yeah, I guess the technology really hasn't quite gotten to the point where it's grabbed me just yet. Yeah. But I can tell you that it's very, it's very interesting to put one of those on. And, you know, um, there's other things that you can do with it, too. You can watch movies. You can go – you can, like – walk through cities and stuff like that um i'm told not to be stupid but i'm told you know you can uh access adult movies and shit like that and i haven't done any of that stuff it's all through like facebook and and the thing that i uh in case anyone's actually thinking about getting one of these just know that if you're trying to get it for your family it's not that type of a unit it's much like a how like a switch is with a uh, animal crossing where you just it, it works off of your profile and your profile alone you can't hmm. add other ones on unless you jailbreak it so i thought that was kind of a downside to it too. yeah but Okay, I don't know if it's really worth 300 bones. Interesting. Yeah, I probably will hold off on the VR until it's like, until they've got a system that just everyone's raving about. So, let's see here. Paul, let's get back to you. Yeah, Sega Genesis, man, I fucking loved my Sega Genesis. I was a Sega kid. I didn't, I didn't get a Super Nintendo until like, I think in my early 20s. I ended up finding one like, in a storage units or something, or I can't remember. It was like a storage locker sale or something like that. And I ended up getting one and playing it years later, but I was a Sega Genesis guy. Uh, let's go to number 10. What do you got, Paul? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't huge into the nerf toys when I was younger, but my grandma got me one for Christmas and it was fucking awesome. It was, uh, I, I spent a lot of time trying to find the exact uh, one. It was called the Nerf C-307A Pullback Pistol Dart Gun with Laser Sight. It was like the first one that had a scope on it. And you had to put batteries in it, and a little light came on wherever you wanted to shoot your little dart at. It had a laser pointer? Yeah, it had a laser pointer on it. I mean... It wasn't super accurate, but, like, man, when you're eight years old, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. <laughs> Holy shit, I never knew yeah, that I'd they had it. at the wall, I'd be like, shoot. Yeah. Like, my grandma got so mad at me because she had this whole thing of, like, uh, in her hallway, she had, like, these huge picture frames. It was, like, all those, like, you know, like, inside of the frame, inside of the big picture, they had, like, all those little slots to put separate pictures. So it was, like, a huge collage. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I would just be, like, shooting. I'd be trying to shoot darts at, like, the picture. So I'd be, like, nailing, like, my dead grandpa in the head with a dart. <laughs> so what are you doing? I'm testing the scope. You'll respect your grandfather. <laughs> Oh, she, no, she's like, one. hand me that gun. I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> I had one of these when you were alive, you son of a bitch. Oh, my God. That's Sorry, Paul. <laughs> no, that's no, that's funny. I can imagine Edith saying that. Um, hey, Paul, I was going to ask you. I'm looking at it right now. Is it the yellow one or is it the – because I see a green one too that's like a transparent. It would, man, I believe it was like orange. Yeah, there's orange in there, too. Okay, that's yeah, cool. That works cool. for me. Yeah, and it was like the pullback one. And I remember, like, man, right around this time, my dad snuck me out to see, like, Die Hard with Vengeance. So I was, remember I made my mom buy me, like, khaki pants just so I could, like, cut holes in them and wear a tank top and just run around my <laughs> house shooting shit. Man, fuck it. The, uh, the people no from... shoes on. Yeah. The people from Nerf, man. When they fucking made that, whatever the fuck that shit is, that foamy fucking substance, they just, their imaginations just went nuts. They were like, hey, you know, we can do anything with this. They were making footballs and soccer balls out of it. And then they're just like, fuck it. Let's put it in guns and kids can shoot each other with this shit now. 
<laughs> they hurt nobody. Dude, they just fucking went nuts with this nerf stuff. And it's evolved. Like, dude, they have like a fucking like semi nerfs like huge magazines that just shoot out these darts at like rapid fire speed. What I loved about the nerf footballs were that like whistle. If you were a kid that couldn't throw a real fucking football, you give that kid a nerf ball and those you could chuck that fucking thing as far as you wanted to. It was amazing. I could make that thing spiral, but you hand me a real football. <laughs> I was about to say I feel attacked again, but now I feel better. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like football was not my sport. I was I was I was a I played soccer, I played baseball. I, for as much as I love basketball, Dan, I cannot play basketball. Um it's just that was never my thing. I was in wrestling, I was in soccer, I was in baseball. And I was not a football guy. I've got real small hands. So for me to throw a football, it was just like, it was terrible. But man, you give me one of those fucking Nerf balls where they've like, like got the, the grooves on the sides and everything. I mean, I could chuck that motherfucker so far. It was fun to throw a Nerf ball. That's so funny. Man, you they just, had you just the brought one... back that feeling of, of like pride. Like I did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're totally cheating, Dan. We're totally cheating. Oh, I, I'm aware. I'm aware, yeah. but I was okay with it. Yeah, well, but in the in the in the small work. moments we felt like Joe Montana. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had that cool Nerf football that had like a stem at the end of it. Oh like, yeah, you could, just, you could grab the stem and you could fucking chuck that thing as far as you want. It had like a whistle on it. Oh man, those were cool. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, those were cool. Man, those were a lot. But those fuck. I don't think I ever had a Nerf gun. I can just imagine my backyard being littered. With those little Nerf pellets all over the backyard. Yeah, and that's exactly what it would be. I bought my kid several different versions of Nerf guns when he was, of you know, the, the I guess there's really no appropriate age because they are fun as hell. But that shit was all over my house all the time. Yeah. I'm not bringing it up, and I don't know if it's one of your toys, then we won't. I'll shut up. But did you guys ever do laser tag? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I did it when I was a kid. But I didn't really get into it until like they started putting up laser tag places. Yes. <laughs> and then, and then they had black lights and all these like mazes and shit. That is, there's a, it's always sunny episode about, I don't know if you guys have seen that episode, but it's super hilarious. But anyway, I would go to these places and, um, you know, just go around shooting random kids. Me and some friends would go there. We'd go around shooting other teams and stuff, man. It was fun. I had a blast doing that shit. I gotta be honest with you. I would do it today if someone asked me to yeah. go. Yeah, a place down the street. I forget what it's something tactical, and it's all set up to look like you know uh, Call of Duty or something yeah. like that. But it's the same idea, and that sounds like so much fun. I would do that right now, dude. If there was a place like near C two E two, the convention center or something like that, where oh, we could all get together, go. oh, that'd be a blast. It's on. That's it's fucking. On. That's sick. I, we got to plan on that one. Oh, we got to find a fucking laser tag place and do it. That'd be so much fun. That would be great. It's all I want to do now. Uh, yeah. yeah, Nerf guns, man. You had a great childhood, Paul. You're making my childhood look like shit. <laughs> well, I got to thank my grandma for that one. <laughs> there you go. Grandmas are good for that, man. That's cool. I'll say the best. Oh, so good. And the cookies they make. Just mwah. I had an aunt that would get me the worst Christmas gifts ever. And, uh, and, and, we, but it was, it was the highlight of our Christmas. If you think I'm sarcastic, get me and my entire, that's where I get it from. Me and my entire family just would make fun of everything. 
And that's what, that's where it comes from. It's my family. That's how we showed each other how we loved each other. We made fun of each other. And we, we would always wait for the Christmas gift from my aunt Barb. And, uh, we would, it would, then it was just a complete, it was a, it was a roast of these gifts. I think <laughs> when I was 13, she sent me the world's cheapest cologne ever. I'm 13 and she's sending me cologne and it was this cologne called Chaz. 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 That falls into the, like the, uh, the Jovan Musk. Oh God. A hundred percent. Yeah. Stetson. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, I smelled like a fucking, like a cowboy or something. And I'm like, you know what I mean? It was fucking, it was, ter- it was the worst cologne ever. One year and I'm not even kidding you. She sent me a, <laughs> she sent me a ball of twine. <laughs> Have an adventure, Brian. Go out there and just make the world yours. <laughs> yeah, like one of the. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it really is. Yeah. Oh, I know. One <laughs> mute out for a second. I don't know. Like one day, I get an award, and I'm going to get up on the podium and be like, "This would this this would not be possible had it not been for my aunt Barb, who believed in me and sent me a ball of twine." <laughs> that's the best (laughs) it was dude and it wasn't like it was it looked like a fucking ball of twine like from like the 1800s or some shit (laughs) like it (laughs) It had to be wound back up again (laughs) i don't know what i i don't know what happened to that ball of twine i really don't know i have you ever say like hey it's it's for this purpose or was it just like because i'm just trying to figure out the motivation for it and her going looking at it being like yes brian's gonna love this dude i could seriously fucking let me call my sister right now hold on i'm gonna (laughs) hold on i'm gonna see if if she'll answer i'm gonna get her on speaker oh Oh, fuck (laughs) hold on please answer hello hey melissa you're on a podcast right now. I'm calling you. We're talking about our favorite toys from when we were kids. It's a Patreon episode that I'm doing. And I was actually talking about some of the shitty toys and gifts that I used to get from our Aunt Barb. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Melissa, what are, what are the ones that you remember that I got? Uh, one of my favorites of all time is definitely Chaz. <laughs> Wait, you you have the picture of me somewhere holding the Chaz? Is it the one where I'm like smiling ridiculously? Yes, yes. cheesy. Oh, please put it up, Chaz in hand. I mean, it's it's what every kid wanted that year. Do you? Okay, okay. Do you okay um, that picture on Patreon? Also one of my other awesome favorites is a a spool of twine. <laughs> <laughs> like what is twine anyway? <laughs> really, and it was literally just a spool of twine, like nothing else. You know, like 
I get it could be like a supplement gift to something else, but it was by itself. Oh. <laughs> Melissa, you you've literally just talked about the two things that I brought up. <laughs> and the the two guys that are on the podcast are just dying laughing right now. <laughs> Jazz and twine. Jazz and twine. Uh, yeah. You know, this one was Dad's. Dad had a good one from her. Um, suspenders that looked like measuring tape. <laughs> <laughs> suspenders were like ditches and like like you know little measurements. It looked like a yellow, like a ruler, and they were they were like suspenders you could wear. <laughs> It just doesn't, it doesn't end. Every year was kind of like the highlight. It was, it was. Every year we could not wait to see what ridiculous bullshit she sent us. What, what shit are we going to get from Aunt Barb? Yeah. And I was sending her nice gifts and she was sending us the most garbage. (laughs) (laughs) You and dad too. I think I got decent gifts. I think it was you and dad. I don't know. (laughs) She's just like, fuck them. <laughs> She's like, my nephew's a shithead. I'm gonna have him smelling like shit. Yeah. <laughs> string with twine. And then twine. What I are know. You do with that? What the fuck am I gonna do with twine? Oh my god! Well, what were you? Like, how old were you? <laughs> <laughs> it was the hot gift of the season. I'm telling you, <laughs> Melissa. Through the store, and it's like, hmm. What does Brian want? What can I possibly give? They got these Jordan Nikes or... Or a spool of twine. All right. Let's go with the twine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. Melissa, thank you so much. Hey, no problem. Anytime. All right. Later. Bye. Fucking treat right there. Good to time that any better, man. That was perfect. <laughs> All right. How do you top that? How do we top? We should really top Aunt Barb. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Shout out to all the Aunt Barbs in the world. I should, we, we'll just do another podcast where it's just fucking you guys come along for the ride. Top 20 Aunt Barb gifts. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Sign me up. And I would go to I would pay for the next tier for that. Oh my god, that was great! I was just like, I know she is going to. I know she's not going to let me down. That was fantastic. Perfect. All right, let's see here. Dan, what's what's your next toy? I mean, how do I top this now? I mean, you know what I mean. You have me in a spot. Here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I guess I'll go with. I have kind of three more. I know that's that's more, but I'm going to combine this next one. Um, like I was always a collector, you know, and I, I just didn't ever have that uh, that collector's mentality as a kid where it's like, oh, this is going to be worth something. So I had these things. I cherished them. But because I was a kid, I played with them and I banged them all up, you know. And um, what I'm talking about is you guys ever – Paul, I'm not sure. I guess there's probably a version for you. Brian, I, I know you've had one, at least one of these before. But do you remember the aluminum lunch pails that had like – you know, like fucking Happy Days or yes. Star Wars or something. Oh, like that. yes, yes. With the, yeah. the the themed thermos and all that. Well, I never used <clears> them for, <throat> for, you know, carrying lunch to school or anything. They always held all my prized possessions. And then, so when I had those, I was really into Topps non-sport trading cards. I was really into that. I mean, I collected so many of them from pretty much all Star Wars movies. Um, I had the full sets, too. It makes me wonder what happened to them because I'm sure they would probably be worth something if they were of any, you know, in any good condition at this point. But, I mean, I remember having them from Alien, Alf, Rocky, Rambo, Mork and Mindy, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, A-Team. 
And I would just, uh, you know, that's how I rolled. We'd go over to my friend's house, and uh, he had his too, and we would trade and stuff like that as you do. And that was my little transport thing. But for a while, that was that was like my world. I was so into collecting cards, never sports cards, just always non-sport trading cards from movies or anything that I was. Yeah. Did you do the um, Did you do the Marvel cards that came out in ninety or ninety one? No, ninety. No, nineteen ninety one. I was uh, graduating high school, and just that was just. Doing other things, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. No, <clears throat> I was I was twelve, thirteen at the time, and Marvel cards were like the big thing. And then every once in a while, in a pack of Marvel cards, you would get a three D hologram card. Oh, and, the chaser card. Yeah, and I had two full sets of Marvel cards um, at one time. Then I went on and moved on from that, and I started getting. They had Todd McFarlane Spider Man cards, and I had a full set of those. Um, then they came out with the Marvel set, uh, the second set. So it was like the Marvel, you know, second set of cards. And I got a bunch of those and I was big into those. I also collected the ALF cards from the ALF TV yeah. show. Yep. Had those. Yeah. And they, those had the Boolia baseball cards in them. It was ALF and his back on Melmac. And it was the baseball team that he was a part of. I remember that. But yeah. it was called Boolia Baseball. And, and, and each of those cards was like an art card. It was written, drawn in kind of like almost like a mad magazine type looking art. And I used to love those. I act, my dad's a huge fan of the Andy Griffith show. So I bought him a full set of Andy Griffith trading cards. Oh, nice. One Christmas. Oh, sweet. You got the Aunt B. Yeah, the Aunt B, bro. And it's got her stats got two on. Oh, the drunks. Can you save me a Lloyd? <laughs> it's got her stats on the back, you know. <laughs> she, she makes a she makes a mean rhubarb pie. Oh God, you're right there. I was I was ready to go there. Yeah, that's funny. Mm. Did, now I remember like there was a certain point where because remember Brian like especially like the movie cards back then they came with that petrified piece of gum bubble gum. Oh yeah, I remember. Smelled good and everything, and then at some point that got phased out. So I can't remember. Was Alf one of the cards that had the uh, the bubble gum still? Ooh. Seems like that's a little bit newer. Yeah, man, I don't, those, those, those came out in like 87. So I don't know if they were still doing the gum in those cards. Yeah, it was all about the gum. It tasted like shit, but I chewed it up every time. Yeah, I did too. The flavor like lasted for 10 seconds and then it, it was kind of like a fruit. Fruit Stripe had the best. Fruit stripe. I love Fruit Stripe gum, but my God, the flavor just goes away within moments. Gone. Yeah. I just bought some Fruit Stripes not too long ago. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's like air. It's like chewing air. Have you ever seen a Fruit Stripe? Uh, semi on the road it's a beautiful thing like there's yeah, those 20 seconds of flavor <laughs> <laughs> i i've seen a fruit stripe semi it's like the whole back of it is like the fruit stripe logo and everything and it's got all the colors on it it's like oh. you, you maybe get to see one of those your entire life i felt like you know there's like things that you remember seeing in your life you know maybe seeing your first beluga whale <laughs> and then you know and then there's that moment where you see a fucking fruit stripe truck on the on the road and you're just like oh my god brian's cool. got tears in his eyes yeah <laughs> the most beautiful thing i've seen it was I, and do you guys have garcia's pizza where you guys live no 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 garcia's pizza they used to have this hot air balloon that looked like a tomato and they would actually fucking take this hot air balloon up in up, up in the sky, and then they just land somewhere and then give people pizza. That's cool. I remember seeing those fucking hot air balloons when I was a kid and being like, oh, my God, look at that giant tomato in the sky. I always wanted my parents to chase one down so we could get pizza, but we never did. 
a little bitter about that. A little bitter about it. They were just like, we can just go to Garcia's the next time we're at the mall. Because that's the same. They had really good dough, dude. Really good dough back in the day. They put, they put like a little bit of cinnamon in the dough. Mm. Not a lot. Just a little bit of cinnamon. So like after you got fucking done chewing it, you had like a little aftertaste of cinnamon in your mouth. They're like, you like that? I'll try this. Yeah. You're welcome. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, question though, regarding those uh, those tin lunch pail things. Oh what yeah, did you have. I had um, the um, Popeye one. Nice. The and Robin Williams Popeye one. No, no, it was Popeye from the cartoon. Okay. And on it, it had his dad, and we would all laugh at school because his dad's name was Poop Deck. Poop, poop deck, deck pappy. pappy, and we would all laugh about that. Ha ha ha! Poop deck, poop deck, poop deck, and. <laughs> so that was super funny. And then um I had the He-Man Masters of the Universe one. It's like blue and purple and he's fighting like Beast Man and Skeletor on all the sides and shit. Um, Very nice. But yeah, I remember yeah. those. Batman the animated series for me both the lunchbox and the entire trading card line. That's awesome. Yeah. Were the was the animated series still was it a plastic lunch pail or was it still the aluminum kind or tin whatever the hell that was? Uh, man, it was it was the, it was a plastic kind because I remember it had the little latch on it and I would like push it up to make that like popping sound that aluminum makes. So yeah, it was it was a tin one. Yeah, ours were the ours were tin. We had those. Um, <laughs> fucking years ago, Jolt Cola reached out to me and and Jake while we were doing the podcast, and they were like. They're like, uh, would you would you promote Jolt Cola's making a return in in Dollar General stores? <laughs> would you promote it on your podcast? If you do, we'll send you a bunch of Jolt stuff. And they ended up sending me uh, a Jolt Cola lunchbox tin, and you opened it up, and it, there, there was like a shirt in there, and a couple uh, couple things of Jolt Cola. <laughs> nice. We 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 get the sponsorships, don't we, Paul? There's the progression right there. You went from Beautiful. Jolt Cola to Ball Shavers. That's pretty good, man. Yeah. So. And Ragu. Yeah. Oh, well, Ragu, that was just a poll that I put up on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I got stuff from them. I did, poll. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got, I got, they, they sent, they, did you get the apron? I got the apron. I got like a bunch of vouchers for the sauce. It was fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Dan, I, I put up a, just like on Twitter, and this was like after I tore my Achilles, I was just had so much time, so I was on Twitter and I was like, I put up a poll, what's better, Ragu or Prego? And then days later, fucking Ragu actually fucking gets involved in this and starts hyping their product under the thread. And then they're like, for everybody that, you know, took part in this poll, we'll send you like a, a gift thing from, from Ragu. And so a bunch of, bunch of listeners of the podcast and myself got a bunch of ragu products i got like a ragu uh wooden spoon a yes the wooden spoon the wooden spoon the t-shirts the vouchers for the ragu i got the the apron and and all this cool ragu shit yeah that's not a bad deal i mean you know i like to make my own sauces and stuff but when i go with something like that it's gonna be ragu so that's not a bad not not a bad little gift you got there it was fucking perfect because I always make the sauces and this was right at the time where we were splitting up and she would always insist on buying ragu and I'd be like, you know, fuck that. We we make our sauce here. So then she left and I sent her the picture of all the ragu shit just to rub it in. It was fucking great, man. It was a perfect time. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Uh, yeah. Let's see here. So yeah, those cards, man. I used to get a bunch of those cards and I had, yeah, those lunch boxes were the best, especially when they were the actual tin ones when you were a kid and everybody was showing off like which ones they had. I don't know if they ever made a mask one, but I would have loved to have a mask one. As in the mask or as in Rocky Dennis? As in Rocky Dennis. I want his. Would you like to have one like shaped like Rocky Dennis's head? Oh God. I want that skull max thing. That max <laughs> thing. <laughs> 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 I want to. I want to. I want to flip open Rocky Dennis's head, and then I want to be like able to the Darth Vader carrying case. I want to have Dennis's head, Rocky's head, and then I want to make little little doll share and little doll Sam Elliott fucking Rocky Dennis's fucking cranium. <laughs> <laughs> Brian in his room. These are things that I think are cool. I want them. Wind in my hair. I want them. The sun shining on my face. <laughs> There's going to be something on somebody's face in that scene. <laughs> oh, I love oh, that movie. I still love that movie. But yeah, I want to make them fuck in his childhood bedroom as he's dead in the bed and they don't realize it. Jesus Christ. I- <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that movie ends? He no, she goes in. The, yeah, he like no, they don't. That's not how the actual movie ends. But she goes in the bedroom and he's passed away, and she's like, now you can go anywhere you want to. And then she starts pulling the pins, putting the pins back in of all the different places he wanted to go to. I actually like when that movie came out. I was super obsessed with it. And years later, I got on the internet and I tried to find like real stories about this guy. Well, some guy posted on a site that's not even around anymore, but he's like, I, he's like, this movie is not even true. None of it happened. It's all fabricated. And he's like, I met the real Rocky Dennis one time. Do you guys want to hear his story? He's like, he was a dick. Yeah, of course. Please. That's basically what he said. He said him oh, and no. the, the friends that Rocky would hang out with were kind of like some bullies in the neighborhood. And, they, his, and Rocky's friends pushed this kid down on the ground and then Rocky sat on this kid's chest and like got in his face and was scaring him. Jesus. I know. I was like, I was like, Brian, this is what you fucking get when you go down these rabbit holes, dude. This is Man, what, and I don't know, know if the story, my childhood, bro. I don't, well, I don't know if the story's true, Dan. It's just what I read from some guy, you know, it might as well just been some random Reddit post. I don't know if it's fucking true, dude, but this guy sounded legit. Dude, mm. the same thing happened to me in the movie Rudy, mm-hmm. where I oh, actually no. looked up and Rudy was a piece of shit guy. Oh no, really? <laughs> yeah, the guy that like the guy who John Favreau plays is like I wanted nothing to do with that because I hate him. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's always sad when you find out that. A lot of that shit's fucking fabricated. Uh, my next one, uh, we gotta, we gotta burn through these. Um, my next one is, I don't know if you guys remember these, but they looked like Smurfs or Snorks. And the Smurfs, of course, like lived in their little village and shit. And the Snorks lived underwater. But these were called Astro Snicks. And they were green and they were aliens. And they would have these toys in your Happy Meals. And they were little tiny, you know, rubber figures. They kind of, if you remember the rubber Smurf figures, or if you remember, Mm -hmm. you know, like the California Raisins figures they had at Hardee's, these McDonald's had Astro Snicks. And, uh... They kind of look like the Noid a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, because they've got that little thing popping out of their head and shit. 
Well, I had collected a bunch of these Astro Snicks, and I'd trade them with my friends. There was a robot one. There was a dragon one. Some of them were into sports. Some of them were just holding McDonald's, you know, food and shit. But if you you could send away for an Astro Snick spaceship, and my parents did whatever it took. I, I don't. I think it was like either proof of purchase of something, and then some money, and then my parents sent away for an Astro Snick uh, space shuttle. So I had this big white space shuttle. My Astro Snicks would go on adventures and shit like that. And man, I loved these stupid little figures when I was a kid. And part of the fun of it was like you know the hunt and chasing them down when you're a kid. You know, you never know what figure you're gonna get when you go to McDonald's, and then you'd bump into a friend at the playground or something like that. And then, you know, Oh, I've got two of this one. I'll trade you for that one. And, uh, yep. you, you could trade. And it was, these Astro Snicks were just a lot of fun, man. And I'm talking, I was really young when I'm playing with these toys. I'm talking, you know, five, six years old, but man, I, you know, this is like, these, this is like before I got into like, you know, GI Joe and other stuff like that. But I was, I was really into the, to the Astro Snicks. And it was part of my childhood that I really, uh, you know, I look back on it fondly because it was like that first toy that I can remember that it was part of the hunt when you're trying to get a complete set of something. And um, I look back on these toys fondly. Now, now I just, I see them and yeah, they're dumb little things. But man, when I was a kid, it was like, it was like my world. I got to get the one that's holding the drill. I don't know why, but I have to get this guy holding a drill. So... Yeah, yeah I, I totally get that, man. My sister and I, she started and I kind of got into it with her because we had a summer where it was just us basically in this new neighborhood. But uh, she got into uh, the Smurf figures and we had so many of those damn things. So I get it. Didn't they sell those at like Coach House Gifts or something? Mm, I can't remember. I honestly do not remember. There was this there was this I think I talked about it before, too. There was this drugstore that was down the street from our house. And this guy was like a huge toy fan. So he had like, it was awesome. It was like, you know, you go get your freaking medication, but there is literally like a whole section of this drugstore dedicated to the coolest toys. And I think that's where we got them. That's cool. That's a great memory, dude. Yeah. I loved that place. It was called yeah. Palm Drugs, Palm Drugs. And it was just like this fucking awesome drugstore, man. I had every figure that you wanted. I was talking about Clash of the Titans figures last time. That's where I yeah. went. That was the spot. That's cool. drugstore of all places. That's wild. Yeah. Fuck, man. I I used to like going to, we, we had a hobby shop that we would go into and I just like looking at like all the different train sets that they had set up. And oh, stuff. yeah. Oh, yeah. Train sets are great. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I had a train set when I was a kid. It was so big. We just didn't have anywhere to put it. So it was like, <laughs> why did we get it? So it just sat in storage for years. We never really even set it up. It was so upsetting. <laughs> so. My my dad was a was a big uh, train set guy ever since he was a kid, and yeah. I remember. Do you remember the movie with Richard Pryor and um, Gene Wilder called Silver Streak? Oh, I love Silver Streak. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm double checking this right now, but I'm pretty certain that we actually had the Silver Streak train. Oh wow! And I'm just making sure that I'm not making shit up. No, there it is, Silver Streak train set. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, it's kind of weird that they made a. Uh, a toy train set based on that movie, you know, they should, Richard Pryor, Gene they Wilder movie. Totally but. should have made one for "Don't Throw Mama Off the Train," where it's actually Danny DeVito uh, uh, uh. throwing the mother off the train. That would have been great. <laughs> Does anybody watch that? I haven't watched that in probably thirty fucking years, man. "Don't Throw Mama yeah. from the Train." It's been a long while since I've seen that. Who is in the, it's Danny DeVito, and who else is in it? I know it's got like the Billy Crystal. Is it Billy Crystal? 
Yeah, yeah and I remember the, the mom was the, the Goonies lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She always freaked me out a little bit. Kate Mulgrew, I believe her name was. Uh, handsome woman. Oh, yeah, she was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, sorry, it wasn't Kate. It was Anne Ramsey. Sorry. Anne Ramsey. I'm going to say her name. I might as well say it right. Oh, man. Handsome woman. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you clumsy boot. It's kind of sound like Cartman a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I think she's probably the inspiration for Cartman. Could be. Yeah. All right, Paul, let's get to your last one. Yeah, uh, it is this, man. It was funny looking up stuff and just it unlocks like a memory. And this toy, I had so much fun. It was uh, the Incredible Crash Test car. Oh, the Incredible Crash Test Dummies, which actually started off as a like a commercial. <laughs> like a PSA mm-hmm. yeah. on, on, on how to fuck with a toy line. Paul, you are cutting in and out, bro. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you cut. It's. I think it's your connection. Oh shit! You wanna? You can bounce. I can pause. We can bounce out and have you come right back in. Okay, cool. All right, Paul, we got you back. Uh, the incredible crash test dummies car. Oh man, this thing was so cool. The one I got was blue, and it came with two crash test dummy guys that you put in the car, and all of their limbs and head were detachable, and the car like was built in a way where I mean you could like you were encouraged to just smash this thing. You would take it and you would just like throw it into a wall, like the airbags would deploy, the wheels would pop off, like the doors would come flying off, like uh the front end would just like cave in. We would just do so much shit to this car and the actual crash test dummies, because they had like three buttons on their chest so like if those buttons got triggered like their legs would pop off or their arms would <laughs> pop off or their head would like fucking fly off like yeah. it's a very sadistic toy but it was so much fucking fun can you imagine a kid let's say his name's billy and you know he's <laughs> he's at home mom and dad are out um you know fucking uh, on a date you know mom and dad need a little bit of mom and dad time he's getting babysat and then the police come to the door and they got to tell little Billy that mom and dad got in a, cra- in a car crash. A drunk driver, oh, drunk Jesus driver hit Christ. him and then they went flying into a wall. And so a couple weeks pass and it's Christmas and Billy's getting ready. Oh, to- no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Aunt Barb gets, Aunt Barb Aunt Barb. gets him the crash test. Me <laughs> the Aunt Barb collection. <laughs> Oh my god! Damn it! That was a lot of work to go dark twine. like that, man. Oh my god! Get this kid twine. You really put the work in on that one, Brian, to go dark. Oh thank my you, thank you, thank you. I'm taking a <laughs> taking a virtual bow right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's, that's sorry. The whole time you're fucking telling your little thing about that, I'm thinking <laughs> about putting this story together in my head, Paul. That's fucked up, and I apologize. No, that's great. <laughs> was it called the... Was it? Did did you have the, the crash chopper? I had the car because I had like, really fucking up with my mom's like, You sound like a crash out, test like, robot right now. Go ahead. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> All right. Fuck. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, Paul. Don't even worry about it. Well, there's my story. <laughs> there's my last uh, toy for the day. 
<laughs> no, that's really cool, man. So you basically just fucking set these things up and then they'd go crashing into a wall and explode all over the place. Yeah, and then, like, man, it would take, like, 30 minutes to put it all back together. Ah. But then you're doing it right again. Yeah. One thing yeah. they couldn't do for Billy's parents. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He couldn't even listen to the Humpty Dumpty story anymore, Dan. That's Poor how. Billy. <laughs> Poor Billy. Poor fucking Billy, man. Dan. <laughs> that is a fucking tragic story. Right, oh, going to hell, going to hell. Uh, Dan, what is your what's your next one? I was torn. I think I'm going to go. We talked about this last time, and neither one of us got to it. So I think I'm going to go with this one instead. Would it be okay if I just played a little bumper real quick for it? Go for or a it. commercial. Yeah. All right. Who had one of these? Light Bright, oh. the toy that lets you create beautiful pictures with light. Oh, yeah. Work with colorful pegs yeah. that glow with light. That whole chestnut. The Light Bright. Do you guys have one of those? These days when yes. I work with colorful pegs, it's a completely different situation that's going <laughs> on. But back when I was a kid and I worked with colorful pegs, it was sweet and innocent. And I would make some of the most dazzling creations. And I could not wait to turn off my light and look at these dazzling creations. So... Yeah, man, I fucking had a light, right? You bet your ass. I like that you call them dazzling Fuck, creations because yeah. that's exactly what they were, Brian. You had like these templates that you would get. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you could. Yeah, because you came with like your your uh, you, you can only use them one time. Right. So you that's a that's a moneymaker right there. But it would be like a booklet. I remember of like these black sheets of paper with a. Uh, basically dots in it that you would put on your light, right? And push the pegs through. And next thing you know, you got yourself a nice little flag, maybe a turtle. Something like that. I again, that again, it, it wasn't I even that fun and like the, much like the Rock, I, yeah. I just loved that thing. Well, I, yeah, I again, I had like I had some Popeye ones in there. Um, I'm trying to think what I think my sister had like Rainbow Bright and stuff like that. But yeah, I used to love my Light Bright man. I mean, it was just the, you go back and you look at some of those old toys and they're just so simple, but man, they just kept us entertained for so long. For sure. Man, I, I seem to recall another thing, not to like go off too much, but it was like this, uh, and there would be different ones. It'd be like Scooby-Doo, Popeye, whatever, Super Friends. I remember having those three. And it was nothing more than just little like decals that you could restick and put them into like different situations. It'd be like, a, you know, like a Scooby-Doo in the ghost's castle or something like that. And yeah. You could just put the the little stickers on them and that shit would keep me so occupied mm -hmm. over and over again. I don't know. Kids were simple back then, I guess. I think it's just what we had. You know what I mean? It's just what we had, you know? Like, yeah, I don't even mean simple as in like simple minded. I just mean that, you know, these days every, that's a sound like an old man or anything, but kids are mostly into their phones and that's pretty much where their heads are mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Yep. And I think that back then we had the, uh, it was a, it was a gift that we didn't really realize that we had of, Having these toys, most of them, or some of them, I should say, to where it's like, go outside, go outside and, and have an adventure, you know, like go play with your friends and things. And now I think mostly everything is just so stay in your home because you can kind of do the same thing. Right. You know, it, it, it takes away from it, man. It does. It does. Yeah, man. Light brights, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why I was obsessed with my light bright, but I was. There were certain times where it was just like, I would just be making all these different creations. Sometimes I would just make shit of my own and then. And then uh, turn off the light and, and see what I made. It was it was a lot of fun, man. 
Yeah. Then I'd burn the bulb out, and then you couldn't find the bulb anywhere. <laughs> you just got to go buy a new light bright. Is that true? They didn't have a replacement bulb that you could get? I recall having to go through a couple of them. I don't know if it was wow. just in my area or my parents were just like, I'm not going to look for this goddamn bulb. Yeah. It's just to get you a new, it's easier just to buy a new light bright. You know, I don't think they were that expensive. It's a yeah. pretty simple device, you know. But it's, yeah, I remember going through a couple of them because the bulb. Yeah, because it's, it's not like you can just go to Am, like Amazon back then and get like a bulb sent to you. Yeah, yeah. It's so, that's what I'm saying. It's like every, you know, that's the mindset now. Everything is just so quick and I don't have to leave my house for it or anything like that. And I, again, getting back to toys like that, um, it just encouraged you to go outside. You had a reason to go outside. You know? Right. The other one I was going to talk about, which I'll say was like the big wheel. Oh, God. Yeah, I could go on about my big wheel forever. Yeah, yeah. I'll save that one for next time. Yeah. Um, the year was 1984, and this fucking thing changed my life. Hold on. Here we go. Yeah, Transformers. Yeah, Transformers. This toy line changed my life. Like I still with you. I think that's so cool. It's still with me. I still love. I still love my Transformers. Um, and yeah, I think it was. It was 1984. Cartoon came out. I was obsessed with cartoon, and I got one toy. Uh, it was the Transformer Trailbreaker. And after that, I was like, I've got to get more transformers toys and so like next christmas it was just like all i want is transformers all i want is transformers and i got a bunch of transformers optimus prime and ironhide and um like the you know starscream and i got so many transformers and i would just play with those toys and i think it's like the longest period of time where i played with the same like kind of toys for years i think it was like three years straight where I just played with Transformers toys. I was just obsessed with Transformers. You know, I had other toys. I had G.I. Joe and stuff like that. But, like, Transformers always trumped everything else. I loved my Transformer toys. And it's stuck with me to this day. And, like, even even for as much as those Michael Bay movies were not, like, my Transformers, it was still cool when that first movie came out and my dad watched it and my dad really liked it. And... At that point, it was like this stupid little thing that that my dad thought was stupid when I was a kid. Like, he thought all the shit that I watched was fucking dumb. Um, now, he was listening to me talk about it. And it was like, I felt, I felt a little validated, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I can tell my dad about the different relationships between the robots. And he's listening to me because he really enjoyed that first movie quite a bit. And so... You know, and then the 1986 movie came out, and then they fucking put that heavy metal um, soundtrack on there, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" They killed Optimus Prime. I fucking cried. I cried for years. I don't cry now, but I I cried for years watching that scene because it it was super traumatic for me um, when it first happened. I th it's for me now that I'm older, I appreciate the death a lot more. But when it first happened, it was like. It, it fucking, it tore at me. <laughs> and, um, 
but man, I still have a lot of like feelings and nostalgia for this line. I love this line. Um, and that's why I love that new Bumblebee movie came that came out because they made them look like the characters that I remembered from, you know, growing up as opposed to, you know, the Bayformers, which had like this completely different look to all the characters. And, uh, yeah, man, Transformers, I would just play with these things for hours. I had Metroplex, the big city, um, you know, I got Galvatron and Hot Rod and Blur and Cup and Wheelie. I had the Dinobots, um, Man, I would just play with these things for hours. I absolutely loved Transformers. And that's when I first started uh, Pop Culture Leftovers, um, we had a, a leftover on the show, and his name was Jay. And Jay, I met him when I was seven years old, and I was talking to another kid on the playground about Transformers, and he's like, you know who really likes Transformers? Jason Piper. And I was like, and so he took me over to Jason and that's where our friendship formed. And I'm still friends with Jay to this day, but we were talking about Transformers. I still remember the episode that we were talking about. It was the Master Blaster and Soundwave episode. And we were talking about that. And, um, I mean, I formed a lifelong friendship with Jay because of Transformers and our love for this franchise. And, um, I mean, it's... it's, it's just, it's crazy that, yeah, this, I think this, like, if there's one toy, and we're not doing these toys in any specific order, but if there's one toy that kind of, like, defines my childhood, it's, it's Transformers. Like, that's, the, you know, for a lot of people, it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or it's G.I. Joe. For me, it's Transformers. There was just something so cool about cars that were the robots in disguise that could fucking turn into these giant robots and they had battles on earth. And, <laughs> and I, I fucking, I loved it. There was something so cool about it and very sci-fi. It got me, I think it's kind of like, that's where some of my science fiction roots kind of started too. And yeah, I, I, I owe a lot to the transformers as far as like my imagination, my love for franchises, um, you know, making a lifelong friend. I, I, I absolutely love the transformers. I think that's very cool. If I can say this, you know, as a listener of the show before I actually knew you and then now knowing you and having conversations with you in the past and stuff like that, I can honestly say that there's three things that I hear you get super excited about where, cause you're always passionate about things, you know what I mean? But it's like, there's these three things that always come up and you can hear the tone and your voice change and you just wax, you know, poetically about it. One is transformers. Uh, I think the other one would be, um, as I'm fucking blanking right now, great. Oh, dinosaurs would be another one. Yeah. And then the other one kind of goes with the transformers because you're, you got a love for robots. Yeah. And I, anytime you talk about those three things, I can always hear your voice change and you just go into it. I think that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a, I do have an obsession with, and that's why I love the Dinobots so much. I, I was a huge like dinosaur guy. And even to this day, watching the new Jurassic movies that everybody cannot stand, I, st- I still love everything they're putting out because I'm just obsessed with human interaction with dinosaurs um i remember like what was it it was like china like 10 years ago said that they could fucking resurrect a woolly mammoth and i was like do it china go china let's do it man (laughs) if you guys think you could do this i would love to see a fucking woolly mammoth that'd be amazing but yeah i transformers don't even get me started man i fucking love them i love them so much um i watched that i just recently bought they had um 
shout, uh, shout factory, excuse me, shout factory. Um, if you go to their website, you can pre-order the limited edition steel case, uh, transformers, 1986, the movie on 4k blu-ray. And, uh, I ordered that, I think the day or the day after it came out, came out to like 38 bucks, but man, I had to get it. I've already got the Blu-ray steel book that Dan Hepner sent me years ago. And that's awesome. But I was like, man, I really want the best version of this available. Cause that movie, I think that movie is still incredible. And, um, after watching Bumblebee and the way they made those characters look, honestly, I would love, I would love if they fucking just took all the audio and everything from the 86 movie and then did it with like the modern updated graphics that you get in that mm. Bumblebee movie. I think that, that would be an incredible watching experience for fans. That's the movie that gave us, you got the touch, right? Yes, yes, yes. Jesus. It's just good all the way around. Oh God. When fucking dude, that part, man, like Optimus prime was like my fucking hero. And that part where he fucking, you know, he, he's got the trailer and he's, he's riding along and then he fucking detaches from the trailer. You see like this, like fire flames come out of the back of him and then he just jumps up in the air and he's doing like this spin in the air and he's fucking shooting Decepticons and he makes his way to Megatron. And I'm just, Oh my God. And they're playing that fucking song. I'm just like, Oh my God. And then you get this such this somber moment. And what kills me every time is like when he dies and he turns gray and then they get the fucking close up of Daniel and a tear comes down. And I like every time I watch that, I was like, man, that's me. That's me and every other fucking kid that watches this scene that loves this fucking show. That tear represents all of us, man, because we're all crying in that moment. You know, kids across the world in theaters were crying. Kids were crying in theaters when that happened. And the people that made it had no idea that they were going to react this way. They were just thinking about the new line of toys that they're going to be introducing. They had no idea that kids had connected so much with Optimus Prime. And a lot of that goes to the, like, the amazing acting, the voice acting of, of Peter Cullen and then Frank Welker and all the guys that were involved in this. Um, the guy that voiced Starscream, uh, one of the, you know, funnier characters, really devious and evil characters. This guy came from a stand-up background. He was a stand-up comedian. And if you go, he's, he's passed on. But if you go back, um, you can watch a little bit of his stand-up act on YouTube. And he uses the same voice that he uses for Starscream and Cobra Commander in his, in his stand-up act. But he was also, if you guys remember watching Married with Children, do you remember Al Bundy's group Yes Ma'am? Yes. yes. He was one of the members of Yes Ma'am. Oh, nice. Yeah, the the guy who voiced Starscream, which the name escapes me right now, and I apologize. But, um, yeah. God, fucking, I, I love the 86 movie. I, I watch it, I try to watch it at least once a year. Where, you know, like I, I watch so much stuff for the podcast every week, but I try to, try, I, there's a few things every year that I try to make a little bit of time um, that I can watch, um, Superman, the movies, one of them. Um, I like to watch Die Hard every year. I like to watch, um, 1986 Transformers every year. And then as much as possible, I try to get one watch in of the Lord of the Rings original trilogy, uh, the extended versions. And, um, as long as I can watch those things every year, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of satiated, um, as far as like my nostalgia. So, 
Yeah. That's awesome. All right. That's it. Jesus Christ, I rambled on there quite a bit. I'm going to shut up now. We're going to end this. Well, I'll tell you right now that if I hadn't seen the 86 movie, I would be watching it this week because <laughs> of your, your description. It is. Paul, how, have you you've seen it? I'm sure. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, and I want to show I want to show the kids, but Emmett's such a sensitive guy. I think that movie would just destroy him. Yeah, yeah, I think. But honestly, man, I think it was for me. It was like one of those things watching it when I was eight years old. That you know, it, it, I grew up a little bit that day, man, watching my hero die. You know, it was not all heroes fucking survive, and it was like something that I learned, like. They killed off Optimus Prime. And I don't... The day your innocence died. It is, man. (laughs) (laughs) This is the end of the innocence. And that song played in the background, as you can see me crying as an eight-year-old. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks again for joining me. Dan, where can people find you, sir? You can go to www.heroesofnoise.com and uh, check out our show, Heroes of Noise. We're a weekly show, and uh, we... Come along. Check it out. We talk about movies. We shoot this shit about life. Uh, we think it's fun. Hopefully you will, too. Brian, thank you very much for this, man. I, I love doing this every single time, and it always brings back something that I hadn't thought of before. I love doing this with you and Paul, so thank you for the opportunity. And I also want to thank my sister. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Melissa and Aunt Barb. Aunt Barb, Aunt Barb is still MVP. with us. She's still She's with MVP. us. She's MVP of the show. Yeah, uh, Paul, where can people find you, dude? Um, you can find me on Movies from the Heart. We've been coming at you weekly now. And uh, real quick, uh, I got June and Jess Candelori that have been on where we're actually branching off into our own show called Apple to Oranges, where we will only be talking about newest Apple content on a weekly basis. Oh, wow. And right now we have covered the first five episodes of Mythic Quest Season 2, so... If you're into Apple, I would check that out in the future. I just have been catching up on uh, the Mosquito Coast. I got through, uh, I'm through episode four. I've got two more before I'm caught up, but I've been watching that uh, Justin Thoreau show. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. they they put out great stuff. Yeah, Apple does put out really good stuff. Do you think they're going to go after one of these fucking, now that that all the... All the streaming services are buying each other up, you know, uh, buying up these, you know, uh, movie studios. Do you think that Apple's going to go for one now? Isn't Sony part of Netflix? Uh, they have some kind of agreement with Netflix. They do, they do, and that even even if Sony sold off, that agreement would stay in place until that agreement is done with, and then everything would move okay. over to Apple if a move like that went down. I could see that, Paul. Sony. Yeah, I mean, I just think Apple is more concerned of bringing in the talent and creating their own stuff before they're gonna. I mean, I think they could. But I mean, like next week we have that uh, Stephen King miniseries with Juliana Moore and Clive Owen coming out. Like they're really bringing in the big names for yeah. all this. Yeah, yeah. I just think they need to pump out a little bit more content. We are. I mean, like they they need to market it better because right now, besides Dan, which was a great review on Heroes and Noise, hardly anybody knows about this amazing musical documentary called 1971. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, man. Yeah, are you gonna be covering that? Yes, yes, we are. I mean, we looked at the release schedule. They got so much stuff that's gonna be like, and the Rose, uh, the Rose Byrne show is coming out in a couple weeks called Physical. 
which looks fucking awesome. They somehow going to have like three or four shows going on at the same time. But it's like we need more because they they put out good crap, good they, stuff. They do put out good crap. I think that's good their crap. that's I, their I, that's I, their tagline. We put like out oxymoron. Well, you, you 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 fire up the Apple TV and it says. Apple, and you see the Apple logo on everything. So we put up good crap, is what it says, Paul. Good crap, <laughs> guys! Thank you so much, and I want to thank all the uh, Patreon patrons uh, for for making this possible. Without you, I'm not doing this every week, and so you know I don't want to put anything out that nobody's listening to. So I, I want to thank uh, I want to thank everybody that's uh, that's a part of this, and you guys make it possible. So I really appreciate all the all the support from our Patreon patrons. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And we will be back next month with another Toys episode. See you then. There you have it. That is... I don't know what I'm doing right now. I apologize. Anyway, there you have it. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's like that's an episode that we do. It's a top 20 episode. We have a lot of fun on those. And uh, I hope you check it out. This is like... Uh, I feel like a drug dealer. Like, this is your first hit. I'm giving it to you for free. Um, you're going to... Like, it's going to, like, trigger all the chemicals in your brain. You're going to like the way it feels. You're going to come back, and you're going to be begging for more. Or you're just going to be like, man, that drug didn't sit with me well. Holy shit, I'm never doing that again. So either way, I'm glad that you listened. I hope you did enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, head on over to patreon.com. Just do a search for Pop Culture Leftovers and sign up today. That would be fantastic. And, uh, yeah, guys, have a great week.